Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello. Welcome. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> don't cut that out either no don't no. cut it out fella we're raw this is it there's no we're edits. raw slash not very good there's no edits in this it is one take we're one take only good. one take tommy <laughs> yeah. first time flat poor in our jobs welcome to the autumn nation series review the unofficial is that what it is i suppose nope. it is yeah. well what else we've got to talk yeah, about they don't. that's right they don't know we're doing this Welcome to the TV review, the series review, and on that note, uh, yeah. I'd like to to push you towards the footballer, the... What? Yeah, hold on, it's it's something I watch on ITV, it's about um, Joe Lloyd Samuel, the footballer's wife in the car crash, it's a documentary, it's 90 minutes long, about right. Joe Lloyd Samuel, who dies in a car crash, but just his bizarre life and his double life and it was it was really interesting okay. sad really sad as well um because obviously he dies in a car crash has everything um at his feet and then yeah ends up losing it all and um and, you know, his wife has to pick up the mess or which wife really uh, or is he still alive gotcha so it's a bit of a twist to it it's on itv i found it really interesting it was good okay um i'm now on yeah all right sas rogue heroes haven't started it yet, mm. but what you find, what you thinking about it? Me likes, me likes a lot, but I like anything to do with army. Or difficult thing for me is boy that I've got. Um, I can't go too deep on this, but I've got certain connections within the um, SF world. Yeah, you do. Special forces. Um, you do. And like, for example, don't go telling everyone. But if you look, come for a beer in my outdoor kitchen, I've got. Drilled to the wall. I've got an SAS special edition bottle opener. Don't you don't you, get that. You don't get that from Amazon, mate. Don't you often host one of their annual dinners? Can't say. Hereford. We can't often host an annual dinner, can you? It's once a year. Um, 
I do a couple of, I do a, yeah, a handful of events a year, mm. but I can't say where. Okay. All right. Well, but it's it's class, and yeah, I end up going there a lot. And they they wanted me to be in, but I was like, nah, nah, I've got to commentate. So well, I got a mate in MI6. So that'd be How'd yours. You know? That'd be yours. How'd you know? Uh, because well, you told you me let it slip on the piss. Mm. All the best ones do. Mm. Uh, do you know? I've, we've just finished. We've just finished the old man, which is Jeff Bridges on Disney Plus. Remember at the start of lockdown, it was like, right, I'm getting rid of Netflix, getting rid of Sky, getting rid of everything. So it's like, you don't know what's happening. And then you were like, oh, Flats, watch this series. You and um, Benny Backhouse, our, our, our older Six Nations podcast Boys. producer, was like, watch this. I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, I'm not watching that, mate. That's 12 quid. I'm not spending that, mate. We're, it's all over. Now I'm just like, Disney, yes, yeah, sign up. Apple TV, sure. Paramount, yeah, sure, sure. I've got everything. Mate. I've got absolutely everything now. And I can't eat, but I've got all the TV channels. That's because you're the doing world. double shifts, mate. You're doing the women's rugby world cup. You're doing Gallagher, and you're doing Autumn Nation series. So that's triple shifts, boy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but not for long. And the reality is, mate. Look, I don't want to go. You're making a reference to me raking it in because I'm doing all this stuff. Oh, the reality yeah. is, boy, as you know, <laughs> you do basically you do all this work, or you go to a lunch on a Friday, do a. 20-minute chat about rugby, take the piss out of a few people, have a go at Haskell and Austin Healy, have a pint. I mean, you get exactly the same amount as you do for a whole weekend of TV work. That's the reality of it. It's not quite as good as all that. Good PR, though, I do know. enjoy it. Got everyone texting oh, who me. Who gives a shit about PR, mate? Mm. Yeah, but there'll be someone on... There'll be someone on... There'll be plenty of people on Twitter saying, you're a bell end. I hate your commentary. <laughs> you ruin all the games for me. There'll be plenty of those, mate. So, so you can't... You know, I'm not going to go on Twitter and feel, make myself feel like Billy Big Balls because people are saying I'm love, I'm great, and then <laughs> oh, I'll ignore the bad ones. You're not allowed to love the good ones if you ignore the bad ones. That's how I look at it. <laughs> I got hammered for saying um, uh, there's no shame in in Wales losing to the All Blacks, and they played all right. Yeah, Just got hammered because I and only yeah, it's because what what do you expect? Like Wales have not beaten the All Blacks now for seventy years, so history will tell you that it's probably coming. I played, I played against them. I think about ten times, right? Lost ten times, lost heavily, lost by one point, lost by sort of ten points. So an array of scores. Um, so we're not expected to beat the All Blacks, and and when we don't, and uh, quite a few tries come in the end, I still thought Wales for sixty minutes did okay. So yeah. You know, it's it's Wales. You can't compare Wales to New New Zealand. It's not it's not a true reflection because New Zealand just far too good for Wales. This is the game this weekend. Now you can compare Wales to Argentina because they sit above Argentina in the uh, mm. IRB rankings and they're a closer team. Whilst like New Zealand, Wales are just way off, way off being able to beat New Zealand, way off being able to play the standard that they play. So that's why I said it. You know, in terms of where Wales are, that they did okay. They did okay. They got back within seven points yeah. in the second half, and we'll, talk, we'll chat about it later. Um, but but let's got on, a bit of a on the subject it. of TV series. Yeah, of course you did, mate. But you you stand your ground, boy. I'm proud of you. Um, you're a good kid. Um, but the the old man's finished, and someone told me the other day they were watching something called The Pact, which had a few different series, a few series, which I'm interested to have a look at. But I'm basically about 
um, tonight is the night, maybe, if the kids let me watch any television, let us watch any TV that could start something new. So mm. I think a 90-minute documentary is unrealistic tonight. Once the kids are in bed, even a, you know, you know what we're like, mate. We're, we're bloody blokes and we could stay up and watch two episodes of anything at any point. But I don't want to be sexist on this podcast, Tom, but women ain't the same. They ain't got the same endurance when it comes to box sets. They haven't. Never met one that has. They always, one episode, half an hour in, I'm on the sofa and I'm looking across at someone whose eyes are closing. Or the phone like, oh, comes I won't, out. They start oh, well, yeah, I won't be able to do two. Oh, I won't be able to do two. And then it's like, put your phone away. Why don't you put your phone away? You enjoying this? And it's like, oh, what happened then? Nope. I will not update you. Sorry, not updating you. Dry hate. Just given the time. All of, like, all day. What's the time? What's the time? <laughs> Bought you an Apple Watch. <laughs> Charge it. Lift your hand up. Um, I'm like a walking Big Ben, I am. I'm just sick of giving the time out. What's the time? Yeah, all right. I just don't know. The time is sponsored by Tommy, mm. um, who's got nothing else to do. But the one thing is, um, I get quite a lot, is why don't you put your phone down? Or you enjoying the show? And just on Instagram again, enjoying the show. And it's like, well, I don't have time to look at my phone during the day. I was like, oh, sorry. Sorry, yeah. I've been doing frig all the last few days, sitting around scratching my ass. you know. It's um, it's my day off today, Tommy, as it is yours, hopefully-ish. And it's what? It's half two now. And I got up. I had a little lying because I've had a long weekend, not a lot of sleep. And I thought, I'll go to the gym. I've nice. got to do this podcast at half two. And did a little thing at one, not a lot. And then I was like, I've got... But have not got there. Literally have not got there. Have not. I sat down for a bit of toast. That is it. Flat out doing all the stuff that you're meant to do at weekends when we're not here. Mm. So I won't go now. Well, I'll pick the kids up after this. I got up this morning and I've got a Concept 2 bike in my house. And I thought, do you know what? I'll, mm. do, I'll do half hour slash 45 mm. minutes, probably realistically 20 minutes yeah. on there. Watching, watching a bit of iPad. Watching SAS Rogue Heroes. And I thought... Yeah, not quite up for it this morning, but I'll do it later on in the day. And as the day's progressing, I'm absolutely going nowhere near it. Yeah, did a bit of soft play this morning. Took That's cardio, a couple of my kids and one of their friends. Found a good spot, really good Wi-Fi in the soft play area. Mambos, yeah, uh, others. Get the daughter to look after the little boy. Yeah, everything's sweet, isn't it? Then? And. Put my AirPods in and watched some of the games from the Autumn Nation series, and it was heaven. And that, my friend, is parenting. It is. Sometimes they'd they'd come back for a drink, or sometimes they wanted a, a couple of coins for the little arcade area they got there. Absolutely fine. Daddy's working. Do you know what I would say though? What having have you? Could you've been really sexist and said that women haven't got the endurance of box sets that men have? What I would say to even up your sexism is that. I'd, I've been to soft play many times, boy. And Did I say that again soon? Did I no, say I that? that? Okay, something I, I would that. say. Um, <laughs> joke, but but I've never seen a woman sitting staring at her phone for half an hour straight, paying no attention to her kid at soft play. I've only seen men doing that. I used to go there. I used to take photos and videos, and it was all men. They'd arrive. They'd have headphones, iPads set up on one of those little things, that little standy cover thing. You can stand it up. They had their shows downloaded. It's like, see ya. The kids come over. They're like, oh, what? Mm. A sandwich? No. Headphones back on. That's why I've Have got a 10-year-old with me to look after yeah. him. Genius. His big we're sister. Not, yeah. And he's we're four. Both, we're not as good. And he's four and he can do what he wants. Yeah. He, he tells me what to do now. 
Yeah. Always like. Um, yeah, so yeah. come back here, did a little bit of work, and now I'm calling up you, and we're recording this live. It's all right, isn't it? Mm. It's a bit noisy here because a couple of things are happening, Tommy. Um, Windows, they fix yet? No, are they? F- I know we don't swear on this pod, but are they hell? Mm. Are they heck? Mate, it's killer. Just like, no, they're not fixed, no. They're not going to be fixed by Christmas either. It's um, it's just no need. There's no need for, no need for it. Anyway, so um, during all the work we had done in our house, the doorbell inadvertently got killed. Mm-hmm. And we found ourselves missing quite a lot of deliveries, which is quite annoying. So you think, oh, I'll come back and fix the doorbell. Because it's such an old house, the doorbell push thing has rusted and it's all fallen apart. The wires are falling apart. So now they're digging out. They're chasing around the newly painted walls in the hall, mm. chiseling out all the paint and getting rid. You know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? What about a ring? Getting a ring doorbell? Or was it wouldn't no, really you, suit the house? No, you can't. Like I love all that stuff. Like I do genuinely see the appeal of, of a new build house. I do, especially with energy bills now. But like No, a ring doorbell. I, it, I know, but you can't but I mean a point is you can't have that on you can. A list of building. It doesn't look right. It doesn't look right. It's mm. gotta be like we were gonna get a brand new front door and it was difficult to get planning in the end, but we're gonna get it was gonna look up it was gonna be a brand new wooden version of the old one. And then we saw a version of it. It's like, do you know what? It actually won't look right. It doesn't look you right. You need a chain, don't it's you, in the front new. door, which attaches itself to a little <laughs> bell on the inside of your house. And when you yeah. pull it down... Yeah. I mean, it's not original. Because when these houses were built, they had no power. They didn't have any power. So it's not... Nothing is... Nothing... You know, there's no original lights or anything like that. Or mm. doorbells. But you can't have a a ring thing. You've got to have a push bloody antique, stupid bloody thing, really. That only works for a year, then you've got to replace it. Right. It's the good uh, stuff, boy. Uh, there's also, also look, the cleaners are in as well, but there's going to be a bit of vacuuming going on outside this room because I'm lazy and I've got cleaners. Monday, how tired are you today yeah. on a scale of one to ten? Uh, I'm actually all right. I'm better than I have been the last few Mondays. It's the Women's yeah. World Cup final, isn't it, this weekend? Yeah. Are you looking Saturday forward morning. to getting your nights back? As much as you yep. enjoyed it and as fun as it's been, yep. there's a yawn. There you are. You're, you're fooling. Yep. You're killing yourself, mate. No you're one. knackered. You're knackered. You're killing yourself. Yep. You're lying. Well, I got bloody... Um, do you know what? I actually had a few days off last week, which is lovely. Took the kids down to Devon and got man flu. Oh, I know. I felt absolutely horrific for about three days. Horrific. Like What I, what I keep forgetting is I feel horrendous. I like rang home because I just took my two big girls down for a bit of... QT, you know, and um, it just so happened that Danny Grucock was down there with his kids, so we basically ate barbecues and drank beers for a couple of days. It was great, but um, it was like I rang home and I was like, oh, I feel like shit. She's like, and it's like, go to the shop and get some Lemsip. I was like, oh yeah, because mm. as a rugby player, you just can't take anything. Sudafedrin. So you just, I saying. never think, I never think of taking that. So I banged a load of Lemsip in. Oh my god, it's bloody brilliant that stuff. Yep, yep. You got me through, mate. Got me through well. last weekend's. Yeah. But I did, because I presented the semi-finals last week through the night, and it's like, it was, I was still feeling really crap, really shite then. So that felt like quite a long, I did, en- I do enjoy it, but I, I, f- I felt like, when I walked out, I thought I've done a proper day's, night's work there, and then straight down to Bristol then for the highlight show oh, uh, with Mo like Hunt, a newborn, and then mate. straight back up. Like having a newborn, that Then up to Twickenham early, yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel for you. Yeah. Well, that's all right. Be over that's soon, right. boy. Bad, be it? over soon. The good news is that the if it's one of those things like 
the big dogs, England and New Zealand, both could have lost their semi-finals. And then you'd be thinking, well, that's good because it's a bit of unexpected. But at the same time, you'd feel really confident about England beating France. You'd feel really confident about New Zealand beating Canada. Yeah. But because it's England and New Zealand, you don't know who's going to win. So it does actually make it a better final. Who do you great. think is going to win? Who would you put your money on? I think... I actually think England will win. Um, but the turnaround from New Zealand, mate, last autumn, so a year ago, England smashed them to bits, 50 points. They were, they were gone. Wayne Smith's come in and has completely turned them around. Wow. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. They look really good. So they could win, definitely. I was going to say, I think New Zealand could do with him being back, but then saw the result of the weekend. I think, nah, they might be all right. Uh, they might be all it's right. It's one of those... It's one of those results though against Wales, isn't it? You, you, I say this with respect. Like I would love Wales to have won, but Should we get I was into watching. It? Yeah, but I was thinking, yeah, yeah, let's do it. But then you, I think you, you, you don't quite know how good New Zealand are yet because they've been inconsistent. They've hammered Wales, but you don't quite know yet. Like you'd like to see them play France or Ireland. Yep, yep. Just as well, just I mean. the same as what I said about Wales. You can't really judge Wales on that performance as to where they are. Yeah. Similarly with New Zealand, you need to be playing against people in sort of your own caliber, really, and your own level, because yeah. it was just too one-sided all the way right from yeah. the start. Got there, went up to see uh, Cotter. He's looking really smart, actually. He'd grown his hair out a little bit, like you. Was he? Yeah. Grown his hair out, like you. You know some of those shots. The one short pictures now. have seen. Where you've just left oh, it grow God. for a few weeks, like Willie Thorne, like Jamie Roberts. <laughs> on, on you were taking light. horrible pictures of him. You're a bastard. No, I didn't. Mate. I didn't even know that. I didn't even see that. I just saw the three Amazon lads and Gabby. No, actually, Gabby wasn't in it. She'd gone off somewhere. Um, but I saw the three Amazon lads, oh, and I just okay. thought, ah, oh, the crew back together, um, and <laughs> just. Horrible bloke. I'm not, mate. I'm not at all. It was just everyone could see it. Seventy six thousand people could see it. Not horrible. I just thought I'd take a photo of the of the boys, my mates, who I didn't see. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah. Right next to Andrew Cody, he made sure that I was next to him on his right hand side. But the main thing is he's grown his hair out, and I personally think he looks better for it. He looks younger, right. and it gives him a bit more character. Is what I would say. Some people grow hair. Has he got out. hair all over, or is he bald on top like me and Doc? Mm, mm, he's quite tall, isn't he? So it's often difficult to really gauge, but he's he's very similar to us, I would say. But okay. I think um, I think he was getting a lot of compliments from his hair being grown out a little bit. So yeah. I think he's probably going to stick with it. Um, but okay. it was it was a good yeah, atmosphere. Right. I thought before the game, they had the fireworks, they had the pyrotechnics, yeah. as you would. They had the hacker, which was great, and the crowd. There's always hope, isn't there? Yeah, there is always before hope. Kickoff, always hope because you just think, is this the year? Will New Zealand get a red card? <coughs> is this the year they get a or red four. card? Yeah. <laughs> 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 is this the year they get awful food poisoning in their pre-match meal? Yeah. Is this the year that they're woken up again by a fire alarm and they have to evacuate the hotel? Saturday morning, three o'clock. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. But then you start to crack in. You talk about, you tell us about the game, but <clears throat> I've watched it with um, a kid on my knee and a kid on my shoulders. So I'm, I probably should watch it again this week. I've got a bit of time, but I'm, from what I saw, I've barely saw, I saw New Zealand dominate the breakdown, like really, really dominate the breakdown. And I, it, I'm not going to say something as inflammatory as men against boys. I didn't think that. And you can't say that when you've got guys like Falatau playing, but I did think that, Man for man, New Zealand looked more explosive. They looked bigger. Whether they are or not is not the point. They looked bigger, stronger, more explosive, lighter on their feet. They looked more likely to bust, get the upper body, arms, shoulders, heads through tackles, ball in hand than Wales did for almost all of the match. They looked seriously physically dominant. And that is something that is quite difficult to do much about in a game. That's That was what I took from it, Tommy. Yeah, you're right, Flats. They lost the physical battle. Their players like Jordi Barrett, Ardi Surveyor, who was box office, he was sensational. Honestly, he was so good. The the way he carries the ball into contact, he moves the point of contact, he doesn't stop wriggling, he doesn't stop turning, he never gives up any ground whatsoever, and he's a difficult man to put down because he never uses his own momentum. You know, sometimes sometimes players run straight, you can use their momentum to to tackle you know you just go with a tackle but he just stops start the whole time and nightmare nightmare to put down and they get their shoulders over the, through tackles and that helps with speed of ball ball placement that helps with the next carry after that because defenses are on the back foot and that was evident all the way through Geordie Barrett another one I think it's a masterstroke finding a position for him at 12 because yeah the way he's big he's powerful he's got a passing game he can hit angles we know that from 
him playing at 15. But even when he gets the ball and nothing's on, he takes it really well to the line and he gets over that extra three or four metres. Um, so Caleb Clark was the same. Rico Ioani. They just had basically 15 players near enough that were just more powerful, more dynamic than Wales. And <sighs> Wales got themselves back within seven points. They scored a... Um, Three points straight after the kickoff, which they needed to. They ended up scoring a try as well from Justin Tipperick. Both of those times they scored those two points, they couldn't exit cleanly out of their own half. Whether they lost the ball in contact or whether they kicked the ball out in the full, they just gave territory and possession to New Zealand to launch attacks basically inside Wales' 22. And and that hammered them. Absolutely hammered them. There were some good performances. Nick Tompkins, I thought, had a good game. Used a lot as a distributor. At 12, as the modern day 12 now does, he, he slotted just in. Just a bloody good player, isn't he? He is. He slotted in at 10 position quite a few times. He's a real workhorse, had a lovely pick and go. The ball he delivered for Rio's try it was excellent. It was a beautiful set piece mm. move. It was a dummy drive that came off. Um, Thomas Williams hit Tompkins. Tompkins put it behind George North, and Rio Dyer was really flat, didn't give Caleb Clark any time to adjust. Um, to, to hit in because the line was so flat and so much pace was on it and he goes through and that was a positive I thought Rio Dyer had a good game Ken Owens had a good game as well one of the only Welsh forwards that was able to give Wales any front foot ball and win collisions but they needed a team full of Ken Owens really there wasn't enough big carriers in that Welsh team Tommy Reffel and Justin Tipperick, um not renowned for carrying and Reffel was quite quiet um, Tipperick made a lot of tackles and he did miss Papalihi which led up to I think Cody Taylor's try eventually mm. but there's not enough power in that team and they're going to have to look at that especially against the RGs next week but it's they were well beaten mate they were well beaten and it's as I said earlier it's so difficult to, to judge where they are um, in terms of where Wales is yeah. There's massive issues, massive issues with academies, massive issues with path development for players because we're just not seeing groups of players coming through. You're always going to develop certain players and players will come through. But I'm looking now, Flats, and who's going to be the next 15 after Lee Halfpenny and Liam Williams who are around about the mm. same age? Who's going to be the mm. next 10? You know, there's players there. Yeah. There's players that can play 10. Sam Costello and, and Jared Evans, they're coming up, but... Are they going to be the Yoan, next Stephen the Jones? From Bristol, Yoan. Yeah, Johan Lloyd. But are they going to be the Yoan next Lloyd, yeah. Stephen Jones? Are they going to be the next Neil Jenkins? Are they going to be the next Dan Bigger? Tom uh, Shanklin. I know it's difficult to tell. because there's plenty of those, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's, there's loads in the wings. but There's plenty of weirdos with big calves knocking around. But um, they were, New Zealand were just phenomenal, mate. And as I said, Ardi Tavea, one man of the match. He was he is complete a box office. Freak. Yep. He's a freak. And... They're, you know, I always think like Adi Surveyor is, I mean, you could put Toby Falatau in any team in the world and he would look great. Yeah. But you, I mean, I was just thinking this then, like who would you, well, firstly, I think New Zealand are better when they've got, a, a, like most teams actually, just my opinion, not, not doesn't mean it's right, but most teams are better when they've got a 12 with a bit of weight who can actually do both, who can distribute a bit, who can yeah. defend nicely, but but also can actually punch holes when you need it because I think it's so helpful for a 10 to have that and a 9 to have that from set piece. But 
so you can do both. So I think sticking him at 12 is a great idea. They've never quite looked the same uh, with Havili, where they've never quite looked as convincing since basically since Mar Nonu quit and Sonny Bill quit. They've never quite looked the same if, without a big unit at 12. Um, but yeah, I was thinking like it, it, this is like this is like a player ratings question. You know, the journos they probably hate doing player ratings because they can't win. But um, in terms of you know a, a different version of player ratings post match, what Welsh players would you put in the New Zealand team? Which players would make the team? And that and that's not yeah. this isn't designed to have a dig. It's actually what it could do if you say one, two, three, or none. Mm. You know, then you're actually what you are looking at is actually a mismatch in terms of personnel. So it's not. I think you're right. It's not necessarily surprising that the result went the way it did. Wish it hadn't, but it did. Um, so you know, if, if, without being horrible at anybody, would any how, which Welsh lads might make it into the New Zealand starting team? I think, if you're being brutally honest, maybe Rio Dyer might have made it instead of Severis, who was quite quiet. Apart from that, no one, no one. Yeah, stuff in Oh, you see what uh, Tendai the Beast Mutwarira wrote yeah. about Alan Wynne Jones. I know. I just, What's he doing? Saying he's got to retire. Why is he putting that on Twitter? Nothing to do with him whatsoever. And he played with Victor Matfield when Victor Matfield was 38, 39 or something. Like, I mean, Victor Matfield's a legend. I'm not, that's not the point. It's like Mind your own business. Is what I what are you doing, mate? And also, that. it's like, it felt a little bit like, you know, you think you're an overlord who can just dish out his opinions and really, like saying really Bigger offensive than everyone stuff. Else. Like, yeah. The lack of self-awareness was astonishing. I was like, that's just really rude, mate. That's really rude. There are plenty of times, he's a legend, right? He... Beast is a legend and he's in my position a million times better player than I was but I can say quite comfortably there are periods in his career where he wasn't hitting the heights he had some massive highs he didn't have terrible lows but he wasn't a rock star the whole way through there were plenty of periods where he thought mm, if there was more choice in South Africa there are a few more loose heads knocking around he might not have had so many caps but he, you know he deserved he deserved what he got He's a he was a mega player and he proved that many times but it's like it's not even if you're Dan Carter, you shouldn't be saying stuff like that. And Dan Carter wouldn't say stuff like that. Only person just... that can say stuff like that is Sir Gareth Edwards, okay? Because he's the greatest legend there's ever been. He came to the locker room as well, uh, pre-game and post-game. Yeah, he's the man. And, and he's also he was the only a person, lovely man. Yeah, he was only the only person in that room that had beaten the All Blacks in 1973 for the Oh, wow, that's great. So he showed the, the try on the big screens. He got a stand innovation. And as he sat back down, looked at me on the stage and just give me a little wink. <laughs> Legend. Um, I'll tell you another issue, Flats, was Aaron Smith, a base of the scrum, caused Wales a lot of difficulty, yeah. which meant Wales couldn't launch any set plays. Uh, that which, is the best I've seen him play in ages. Yeah, which he is, looks great. Which is a massive strength, I think, for Wales because, well, not massive strength, it, it hampered Wales because they'd want to have launched some set plays into New Zealand because it's a chance to get... Rio Dyer, Lewis Rizamit, the ball with a bit of space to run into, to see what they can do. And they couldn't, so essentially it became face play defence for New Zealand, which is a lot easier than set piece. Um, but Aaron Smith took his try really well, really well. Bit of issue around defending at guard, come out of the line, didn't take him, looking at defenders in front, just snipes through, great step off the right and goes under. Ardis Avea threw the biggest dummy I've ever seen in my life. Um, and yeah. Nicky, Nicky Smith took it. and he. It was up. almost like a comedy one when you're warming up playing walking touch. 
yeah, it's like when you go to a school and you're playing against eight-year-olds. And he set up Aaron Smith then for the second try. Uh, but we've all taken dummy, so it's, he's not the only person to do it. And it was, but it was just the biggest one I've ever seen. The wind-up on it. Was Sharky Robinson did me once at Twickenham. Absolutely huge. Ah, oh, everyone's been done, mate. Everyone's been done. You, yeah. you gamble, don't Straight you? Under. When you take a dummy, you gamble. Also, when um, we talk the England game in a sec, but when Jack Van Portfleet scored, it came on and scored under the post straight away. There's just a hole at the breakdown. Marcos Crum has been sitting. It's you know there's there are holes, but the difference is the players who spot them and take them. There yeah, is a well, difference because there's ho- there's holes all the time, but not everyone sees them. The, yeah. So Wales Argentina. This this is a huge test, um, which brings us into England Argentina. You were there. You were in prime position. You were in the commentary booth for. Yeah. Amazon, um, or as we like to call it, Prime Video. Prime Video, please. Hit me with it. What a treat getting to commentate with Paul Grayson. He doesn't listen to this podcast. He's too grown up. But what a treat. Um, yeah, the, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because talking to Nick, Nick Mullins after the game, um, having a bloody pint we were, and um, it's it, pro- it was a probably a rubbish game, that. But when you're commentating, I just, I never, I just never mind the rubbish games. Like I don't, there's always stuff to talk about, um, especially when you've got replays and stuff. Benny Kay was doing the radio and he said to me after the game, it was tough. They've got no replays or anything. It's just, you know, because there's no, they're not, they're not, they're not telling us what we're seeing at home sort of thing. We're not watching something with them. It's. The radio, you just have to keep talking and filling. And there was so many stoppages. A couple of things. One thing I didn't mention during the game, which I, which actually, um, I'm not betraying any confidences, I don't think, because I said it in front of 500 people yesterday after a, after the game. But Sir Clive Woodward, I saw after the game as well. And he, he wasn't, he wasn't scathing or anything like that. He just said the, it was so stop start. The ball was the ball in play time was so low. Mm. It's such a tight game. Why are you taking off players like Genge and Sinclair? And I was like, that is such a good point. So I made it in front of everyone, looked at Clive. He knew I'd nicked his banter. And I was like, all right, Clive told me that. And everyone laughed, but it was like, it's not actually my, I didn't actually think of that, but it's such a good point. Genge and Sinclair were comfortably England's best players. They were both fantastic when they were on like, game-changing good like Gethin Jenkins in the old days good like mm. and they took him off and you because you, you, you're so used to seeing props come off you just oh they're gone I wish I'd thought in commentary about it you thought actually they haven't you know the ball's been out of play half the time so they I wouldn't have done that personally um on reflection but it was do you know England set piece was good the Argentinian the whole the whole notion of Argentina having a massive scrum that smashes people is that's very very much from a generation or two yeah. ago that's gone yeah. now England looked really good in the scrum really quite poor um, line out is fine not great but they're very resolute they're they're basically massive Marcos Kremer is massive Pablo Matera is massive they're very abrasive um, Facundo Issa's on the bench and he's a He's like mega abrasive as well. They've got a lot of big units knocking around who love hitting people. But it England did make line breaks. They did make ground. But they just hardly ever turned quick ball into quick ball into quick ball into waves of attack. And we, we heard Martin Gleeson, the attack coach, talking last week about where he wants to get to. Um, and this is game one, right? But where he wants to get to which is three, four, five guys hitting the hitting the line at the same time, so giving defence way too much to think about. And that's easy 
in inverted commas, offset piece because everyone's organised and you know where everyone is. So off the scrum where Thokken Singer scored, Thokken Singer had a decent game, by the way, but when he scored, there's so many options because there's Big Billy yeah. Rinopola, there's Ben Youngs, there's Farrell, there's Manu, there's Marcus Smith out the back, there's Thokken Singer, bloody night. Great timing as so well. So he scores it. That. Great timing. Yeah, he really nice. Really yeah. well behind uh, Marcus Smith. And you, you're right, you don't know who they're going to take or who the ball's yeah, going to Yeah, it's great, take. but you, I guess, Tommy, the... Easier said than done to get five options at the line in phase play because that's a lot of people in motion. But you need a couple. You need some options. And they're just... There was a couple of times where I'm looking across at Grace in commentary and I was just like, they're so flat. Like, in terms of depth, they're flat. But also in terms of ideas. And Marcus Smith has got the ball a couple of times and he's got literally no one to pass to. Mm. It's like fitness games in pre-season where everyone's just run out of juice. Only they didn't run out of juice, they just ran out of options. And it was like the attack really, really didn't work. The, the best it looked was when England had basically lost it and it was 79 minutes in and they had to go from their own line, effectively their own third, to get up the field. And someone got a hand in and Henry Slade dropped it ultimately and that was the game. But that actually they moved up the field really nicely. But that was 79 minutes in. And it was kind of, they did do a couple of good bits. The best, the Argentina try was beautiful. That was absolutely beautiful. Centres running brilliant decoy lines. England sliced sliced up. It was lovely. The ball, but, the ball off nine is... Oh, both balls, yeah. And the second big pass too. Like, I forget yeah. who made it. Was it Mali? Yeah, I forget it was, now. But off, um, yeah. I think it was Bertrand Oak. Oh, yeah. That that was the killer. Because that just, look how many defenders yep. that takes out. And it has to be flat. Yep. It has to be perfect. If it's not, you can't run that move. Yeah, it was, and I think I think the the reality the, we, we all England will improve because their first game and it was it was horrific weather. I mean, it's the same for Argentina, but it was horrific weather. But it was also stuff like it's so easy to talk about giving silly penalties away, and our, the Argentina gave loads away as well. But some such silly penalties, and it's the pe- penalties like off the ball tackles and. You know, I think Kyle Sinclair, I mean, I just I just thought he was fantastic. I thought he was brilliant. Because, you know, we've spoken before on this pod, like, he's such a good ball carrier mm. that you want to see him hitting lines and smashing onto the ball before you see him distributing, really, because that's what he's best at. Um, and then add a bit of distribution to it. And he's almost turned into a, almost turned into a first receiver mm. by default now. But he was smashing up with the carry, knocking defenders off, really good. But then he gives a penalty away, I think, on 69 minutes. And it's in front of the post. I mean, it's 30 yards out, 35 yards out, whatever it was. But it's in front of the post. And what it looked like was him lying on top of the tackled player. He's in his defensive penalty. And he's just almost pushing the ref a bit to see, just to try and eke an extra half a second out and slow the Puma's ball down. That's the sort of stuff you want your open side and your back row doing in the first five minutes. Not your tight head doing after... Was it 59, 69 minutes? Not, you don't want him doing that at that point, especially not there. And it was a really simple penalty. Didn't move out of the way. Wasn't held in. Was lying on top of a bloke. And you think about the margin by which they lost the game. These things become really important. And yeah. it was, it just, but mainly the attack was poor. That's that's mainly what I thought. What did you think? Um, yeah, I didn't think it was the most enjoyable game, but it doesn't matter because it's about winning, really. Uh, the conditions... Mm hammered down and it was quite greasy as was uh, the Principality Stadium with the roof closed people think you know it's, it's going to be dry as a bone it's not it does become really greasy there you think of like 76,000 people in there it, it, it's quite a lot of condensation and, and it's quite humid um, but it, it was slippy um, 
England, I thought in patches looked looked pretty good. Uh, I thought both teams, as you mentioned, penalties in their own half, which was killers because you know you had two really good kickers on the field, Buffelli and and Farrell. But it's just instances in the game which change it, and the Carreras try out of nothing really. I thought it was really good pace actually. I thought at one stage Freddie Stewart was going to catch him, um, but he manages to to get to the corner. Mm ish just enough but England ran out of ideas basically and, and Argentina managed to managed to hold on and it sort of it's helped Wales a little bit might have taken the heat off Wales a bit by getting a record score against them in principality because England lost but yeah I was I was disappointed with the combination of Smith Farrell and Tuolagi because I thought that was yep. mouth watering at the start I thought this is it this is this is what everyone's been waiting for. This combination—it's finally fit. Um, everyone's fit. Let's finally get to see how good these three can be. Because I think some of Farrell's best rugby for England has been at twelve, um, and a lot of it's been with um, George Ford at ten. But you've got someone similar in Marcus Smith, and it didn't really deliver at all. And part of that was because Argentina stopped them, um, but. Uh, it, it just became a bit of a dogfight, I thought, and Argentina came out on top by one point, and basically that was the difference between the two teams. Yeah, what, what do you think about? You don't knee-jerk reactions rarely help, but what do you think about starting against Japan with Smith or Farrell at ten to Alangi and Slade? I still think if I'm playing against Manu. I don't want him at 12. I don't want him anywhere, but I don't want him at 12 because he's just going to get, am I wrong in thinking he's getting more touches, more impact, more uh, tackles? I th- I thought he's better at 13 because 12 often mm. you have to be a distributor and there are 12s that play that physical game, but I think he's even better one out at 13. He had a quiet game and we didn't see the best of him, but I'd rather him be able to get more one-on-ones and make line breaks because it's a lot easier to make line breaks at 13 than it is at 12. 12, you, you make line breaks by mm. either set piece, mostly line out, hitting between the tail gunner and the 10. That's where a lot of line breaks come from 12. He's had, he has been quiet. I'm glad he's fit, but he has been quiet this season. He hasn't, yeah. you know, he's, aver- he's only averaging four or five carries a game, I think, at the moment for sale. Like, he's not flying. He's, you see the hit he's he better. Him, was it on Gonzalez? Yeah. But he, oh, yeah. my God. But he is better Horrific. than just someone to truck it up. He's miles better. He's, yeah. He's better on his feet. He's better at breaking tackles. And, and at 13, you get a little bit more space. So I would still like to see him at 13. I think I think if, if Marcus 10 is seen as Eddie Jones's next 10, he has to play every game. Like, he, he plays every game. But I read a stat. I think it was Russ Petty. Have you seen it? Yeah, no. You haven't? I know Russ Petty, but I don't know the stat. I'm pretty sure What's it that? is. It's to do with the amount of players that Eddie Jones... Oh, Eddie Jones has used. Yeah. Owen Slot. Owen Slot produced that. Well, oh, was Russ it? Petty might have produced it, but Owen Slot wrote about it. But Oh, that's the one then. Yeah, it is Owen staggering. Slott. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us what it says, because yeah. I'm trying to find it right now. It's along the lines of, uh, it's whatever it is, 96 players used and... However, many there's so many, so many players that he's capped have got fewer than ten caps. So the the point was that he's he's not very good at 
Eddie Jones as a selector is not very good at building careers is the point. Mm. But then there is a core of players that have been there since his first squad or two. Charlie, Charlie Felix, Charlie Morgan was writing about that in the Telegraph. And he was saying that actually there's a core of players that have been there since the start. So you could argue it both ways, but I, you know, I'm, I sort of, my overall view would be that it's very difficult to pick an England team, but I do think Eddie Jones makes it more difficult than it needs to be. That's my view. I don't, I just don't think the right team gets selected do you often reckon? enough. And I think there, there, there have been quite a few examples where it's just been unnecessary to pick yeah. players out of position. Like It's like, you look at that Argentinian back row, mate. They're, they're, bun- they're brutal, man. They're mm. brutal. And yeah. Maratoji's mega. He was really quiet on Saturday. He's a mega player, but he's one of the top few locks in the world. Why not lock. stick him at lock he instead of lock. putting someone on debut at lock? Alex Coles had one horrible mm. mistake where he dropped the ball, but otherwise he was one of England's best players. Thought he was really good. So that's not the point. But why don't you have Maro in position and why don't you have a specialist six? I know Jack Willis isn't as good in a line-out as Alex Coles and Maro. I know that. But he can do the job. And it's pissing with rain. I know they didn't know it was pissing with rain when they picked the team. But Jack Willis is a freak show. Yep. He's a flat-out freak show. So's his brother. He's a freak. And I just think... I feel like it, that's an obvious selection. It's a bit like when Tom Curry played at eight and we were all told we were clue. Basically, it was implied that we were clueless because we were questioning it. We didn't get it. He hasn't. He doesn't play at eight anymore, mate. He only played eight for England. For, he never played eight for his club. Brilliant eights everywhere. There's bloody loads of them in the Premiership. There's about 28 of them. So these are odd selections and not starting Jack Van Portfleet after he had such a great summer. I'm a massive fan of Ben Young's. Like I love Ben Young's for, you know, what, it's having someone around who's done that much. It's like having Leonard in the building. Like yeah. it's there is a value to having him around. That I say this with the greatest possible respect, without wanting to separate players and supporters and listeners and stuff that you almost can't understand unless you're there and you're on the field with someone who's been there and done it a hundred times. It makes such a difference. Like it's like a rookie playing alongside you, looks to you and then looks to his left and sees Stephen Jones and he just it calms you in a way that's difficult to explain. But Jack Van Portfleet has to start next week, full stop. Has mm. to. But you never know with Eddie Jones. Like, they'll have, have someone else in. <laughs> you know, it's kind of... It's, yeah, I get your point he, about picking players in the right position. And sorry to bring this back to Wales, but I, they didn't go in with a specialist six either. And they lacked someone that can carry because six is normally a pretty decent carrier. Has to be. And yeah. they didn't. Moriarty type. Krista Shunza came on and he might start next week against Argentina mm. or they might go with Dan Lydiot but Dan Lydiot's not played much rugby and that's probably why he didn't start against New Zealand so they went with two open sides but Dan Lydiot's not a massive carrier is no, he? he's, he's not. defensively he awesome is, yeah defensively awesome which sometimes helps and sometimes helps slow the ball down because with tackle technique plays a massive part doesn't it in, yeah. in affecting the ruck because you bring someone oh, yeah. down quickly you can get in on the ball quicker so yeah, yeah but I, no, I, I totally get your point about Atoji and and having a number six. Uh, what there's about- also, mind you, Tommy, on on the other side of it, there's, you know, I say this respectfully again. Joe Thocker, a singer, has not been, as Nick Mullins said, I think he said yesterday in comms, you, you couldn't say he's one of the four wingers in the Premiership. Mm. There are a lot of good wingers in the Premiership. Well, there are a lot of wingers on really good form. You could not argue that Joe Thocker, a singer, is in the top handful of English qualified mm. wingers in terms of form. However, Eddie Jones sees something in him. And actually, I thought he played well. I thought he had a decent game. The try was good. 
a part in. I just, I almost think I look at, I look at Jack Noel. Jack Noel was quieter than usual, but he's always useful. Um, but I think Jack Noel is sensational when he's fully on it because he just does so much stuff. Mm. He's such a handful to play against. And I think if Manu was given a bit more of that, if he was picking and going, if he was coming off nine, coming off ten, being a nightmare, being a nose, counter-rucking like Jack Noel does, it'd be, and Thok and a singer the same, it's like the every minute Thok and a singer spends out on his wing not touching the ball is a blessing for all the opposition players because he's enormous and... Mm a real handful, but I feel like they don't, the attack isn't equipped. Actually, they picked all this power. I don't think the attacking, the attack is, England attack is equipped to use them properly yet. Can we move on to the other games, do you think now? Just, we'll have to go through them because a lot were being played. Yeah, quite quickly. Oi, Tom. Yeah. Ireland, South Africa. Yeah. I'm not sure I've seen a game that relentlessly physical. I'm not sure I've seen a game that relentlessly mm. physical. I can't think of another one that was, looked harder to play in than that. No. Horrible. Yeah, it did. Horrible. Uh, I thought it was a brutal game. It wasn't high scoring, but it's just every collision like <laughs> that. Oh, Christ. I know. I know. Uh, the Matt Hansen talk try. To me about, talk about McCloskey then. What about him? Well, how do you think he was going? I know because Henshaw is out. Henshaw pulls out. McCloskey comes in. And you know more about URC than I do. A, a hundred times more. But every time I watch McCloskey, I think... That is somebody I'd pick against. I didn't think that, but I've, as soon as they put him in against South Africa, I thought he's perfect. Yeah, he has massively added to his game. I think when he first mm. came on the scene for Ulster, because he was so big and he was literally bigger than everyone else, he just dominated collisions. But he's added lows to his game, so he's one of the best I've seen at, at delivering that second pass back to ten, of holding defences. He can give you game line. He can hold you up in the tackle like he, he's brilliant he's brilliant um and but you, you've also got um Bundyaki as well who's who's very similar bit bit different because McCloskey's got much better offloading game because he's so tall and he fends people off and is able to get his hands over the top of tackles you look at I, I tell you what I thought was just class was you look at the Mac Hansen try and just how good are those hands? It's a turnover ball on the floor, squirts out the, the back of a ruck, but just the ability to get the ball in front of players. And this is why teams that do the basics so well are the ones that tend to win more games than lose because yep. not, it seems it seems a bit stupid, but not everyone is a great passer in an international team. Like not every, some Some are better than others. You look at those passes. Lots of lads aren't great. You yeah. look at all those passes to Mac Hansen. If one of those passes is off, low, high down, or behind him, someone has to check their stride. He's not scoring that. But everything yeah. is delivered out in front. No one is. No one has to stop pace. No one has to readjust their legs. It's right out in front, and that allows Mac Hansen to score. I just thought it's crisp. Exactly what we expect from Ireland. They've got a great attacking game. They've got loads of different options when they do attack. They're just as good in defence. They've got loads of carriers, loads of people that want to carry it and are good at carrying as well. And they just look like a quality team. No wonder they're number one in the world. Josh van der Fleer, how he manages to put that ball down is his class. To be in that to be in that line, uh, driving line out uh, and to be able to see exactly where the touchline is, where the try line is, in the middle of that, I thought, 
he snuck in there. Because when you first see it, you think, how on earth has he scored that? There's no chance, but he has. I think South Africa, I like Willemser. He's really good attacking 10. I've watched him lows in the URC. But I think as you could see at the weekend, there are question marks over his kicking ability yep. off the tee, which yep. you need to be it's important, massively important, hugely. You need to be, I think, 90%, maybe late, late 80s. Like if you can kick and do nothing else, you can still get a ton of caps. 100%. That's the reality of it. Like if you're just a kicker and you reliable boot, you'll get a ton of caps whether you can do anything else or not. Yep, yep. Uh, but he does, he does attack a lot better than other tens do. Um, and at one stage, I thought they but were going to come back. Got to be able to kick, fella. Yeah, you do. Uh, yellow card to Colby didn't help him at all. But Ireland have you seen um, Rassi Erasmus has done a video. Oh, knew it. He's like something along the lines of fine margins, eh? And it's like. Matt Hansen's booted the ball out the ruck or something and it ends up leading to the try and that. And actually, the, the the most obvious thing, infringement on the clip he showed is like a, I think it's Dan Shee and the, the, is a neck roll on the, the Irish hooker. It's like, it's yep. such an obvious neck grab. You're like, you're actually highlighting your own player committing foul play at the same time. So I don't think this works. Cheslin Colby um, missed um, uh, conversion as well, which was gettable. Definitely. So, mm. well, he missed two, actually. He was never any good, though, was he? No, nah, he would never make it. No, bloody. He had a bit of promise, but, yeah, what a player. I mean, we'll yeah. give him that. Boy. Hey, mate, have you seen some of the tries France-Australia? Oh, my days. Wow. I know. Fantastic. And do you know what? Someone said to me yesterday, I've forgotten who it was. Might have been Dylan Hartley. He said that the penalty, he said that, Damien Pinot finish was better than Cheslin Colby in the World Cup final. I just don't know how he and finishes it. If you pause it... I don't know he how he ball, scores that. When you pause it, when he's got the ball, you think, how on earth are you going to get this to the try line? The step inside is brilliant. Like, the balance is amazing. But the he's handoff, straight back out on his left then. He's yep. straight back off his left then. Yeah, watch the ball transfer in his hands as well. It's just... It's class. It's proper evasion. It's like... It's like training when you've got to step through it in and out of cones. It's like that, but in real life against men. But it is big men and sensation. The, the other thing finish. to remember is that just in terms of the pure physics of it, he's very, very big, Damien Pano. I know there's a lot of big lads around, but he is a really, really big man to be moving yeah. not just that fast, but changing direction off his right, straight off his left, ball transfer. That agility at high speed for a man that size is crazy. Like it's so unusual. What about the Fichetti try? Uh, from yeah. a kick now that was good that was really good that was really good interlinking play yeah and, stunning absolutely stunning another one yeah. where you think how are we going to score from here but Tom Wright looked really fast on left hand wing god I watched him in the summer I didn't know he was that quick mm. I hope he doesn't listen to that this was... pod because I mean I've seen him do some amazing things that was one of them I've also seen him do some horrible things as well He's what, like on nights out or <laughs> games? No, he's not, from, he's not from New Zealand, mate. He well, does, no, he's rugby um, league is what I meant. He, he, he just messes up in games. Uh, gives yeah. penalties away, um, loss of concentration, just various things he does. But in this instance, I thought he was 
He looked. I think that's so why quick. Clive and Robbo didn't pick me that much because I could do the most amazing things like pure but on genius, a night out. Every now and again, on a night out, <laughs> on a night out, you'd be an up nutting a student. So pick you up happened. from the police station on a Sunday morning. Yeah, robbing fruit machines with a screwdriver. Mm. <laughs> but thirty points um, to twenty nine. Thomas Ramos. What a game. Yeah, a lot of penalties given away in Australia's half. I mean, nothing happened for a while. It was just a, a penalty off between uh, Foley and, and Thomas Ramos. But what an end to a game. I, was, was I watch quite a lot amazing. of French rugby. I enjoy it. And I, I never quite know about Thomas Ramos. Mm. I always think, like, there are some such amazing fullbacks in France. I never quite... I know he kicks really well, but I never quite... Am I talking rubbish here? I never quite think mm. he's as threatening as the others. He's got a great boot. And as we've talked about, that is super Does important, open. as we yep. mentioned with South Africa. Uh, I still, yeah, so. Okay, boy, that's good stuff. Yeah, uncertain about Australia still. The game was there for the taking, and it was just yeah. a lapse of concentration, which yeah. does happen, and a superb finish by one of the best French players we've seen. Yeah, he's time. wonderful. And I played with his dad. Did you play with Alan as well? No. Were you there when Alan was there? No. No. I played with his dad. Was that before you came? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was, yeah. 98, 99, I played with Alan Penno. I was 18. He was about 48. Um, I've, well, I might have told this story in the pod before. And it was like, Francois Pienaar was, he was doing everything, but he was captain at this point, I guess. And um, and he's just like, Alan. He's like, and it's basically, we're in a meeting and Alan's like got his legs crossed at the front arms draped back over the two chairs next to him looking out the window he's like Alan I'm talking to you and Alan says yes hi <laughs> hi and he's like why do you do this and he's like why uh, it's good it's good it's good tomorrow is good tomorrow is good basically and it's just like what do you mean tomorrow is good I do again yes I do again and it's like no no you, this is not what we do yes not yesterday not work tomorrow it work it'd be good and it's basically like right you've got to stop doing that and he's like no no definitely not stopping I'm definitely going to keep doing that. So it's just like absolute disregard for what he was told to do in a really nice way. But it was just like, Alan, stop doing that. And he just basically phew, shake his head, carry on doing whatever he wanted. And then some days, remember one game, he like basically didn't want to make any tackles. Mm. So he just wasn't there mentally to make the tackles. So he just didn't make them. And yeah, poor old Steve Ravenscroft, one yeah. side, Kieran Brack and the other, both absolute nails, like granite, those blokes, mm. so hard. Poor old at the covering for Alan, who's the superstar on a zillion quid. You know, the rock star who won't tackle. And then a fight starts and he comes in and he's smacking people, uppercutting people, throwing left hooks, throwing combat. Like wild man in a fight. Mm. But it was like, why don't you not punch anyone and make a tackle? Why don't you just do that? And the next week he's smacking people in the tackle, making breaks, nailing people. You just didn't know. Just, just didn't know. Whatever he felt like. But to be honest, his son looks quite mental as well. Like... He looks like he could do like that. Does, he does, just the way he plays. Yeah, just, I mean, he's got the physique Alan didn't have, but Alan yeah. was amazing, man. Amazing player. Scotland, Great flats, 28-12 over Fiji. Um, yeah, that's what, I haven't seen that yet, okay. Tommy. So. I've seen the highlights and I've had a, a debrief from Big Jim Hamilton. Oh, well done. Which I'm just going to steal completely. I'm, I'm mainly interested in how... Um, how things are shaping up at fly off for Scotland and yeah. how Hogmeister General did because I just want him to play well all the time. Uh, Adam Hastings scores a lovely try which gets Scotland right back into the game uh, just before 
half time. Uh, it's, it's a well worth try, middle of the field, and plenty of options, much like England. This time he just holds on to it, steps inside, goes under the post, and that was important because they were losing at the time, 12 points to 7, after being physically out-muscled by Fiji, which is going to happen because the Fijians are massive, powerful, strong. So that was a real important, that was sort of changed the game, basically, just before half-time. Then Duan van der Merwe scores uh, straight after, half to, well, 49 minutes he scores, left-hand corner, really big. He's like... Nelson from The Simpsons always reminds me of him. I saw an episode where Nelson from The Simpsons is playing American football and he's just running over everyone, just not even looking for the try line, just looking for players to run over. He's like that. Van der Merwe scored. But Hastings takes a big hit and ends up going off. So there's a few questions being raised about who's going to come in, whether. Blair Kinghorn's going to get the nod, or, or whether Finn is going to be which Finn? For. Because I've I read that Gregor Townsend's trying to persuade Finn Smith to play for Scotland, the young Worcester fly half who's gone oh, to Northampton. Okay, well, I'm but that would be Russell. that would be a smack in the gonads to Finn Russell if they brought Finn Smith in, wouldn't it? Mm, massively, <laughs> yeah. Ma- yeah. Can't see it. It won't happen. But, but geez, there's talk. There's talk did. around Scotland of Finn Russell being call back in yeah. I think Ben Get White will start maybe next week yeah um, at nine they've got obviously the Kiwis are coming to town um, Redpath quite quiet really um, there's quite a few that were quite quiet really nothing nothing too exciting really went on in the game but just tell me Hoggy did alright will you he did alright he there did alright I mean I saw him on social media saying yeah I've had my hair done I've got my teeth whitened I wear a man bun. I'm a Shoreditch samurai. Get over it. Oh, that's Shoreditch. Did he say that? The Shoreditch samurai. No, that I made you? that up. That's good. That I like that. Yeah, it's from. I think Hoggy looks ace, mate, and I couldn't give a toss what he looks like, really. No. Um. Um. It's always going to get mentioned a bit, but I think he's right. People have got to get over it a little bit. Yeah. Basically, flats. A lot of Scotland players were quite quiet, but you know, after about thirty minutes, they looked in control enough to win the game yeah. and see it out and yeah it's great for them because obviously that's um, a, a good win brings them into New Zealand nicely absolutely well mm, and they needed it after Australia as well so yeah yeah, back on track might be a oh, few well changes done, I think Jack Depsey well done, might lads. come in I think Jack Depsey might come in at number 8 oh, JD be in yeah you know JD's like. excellent form for Glasgow really dynamic real powerful but, I mean, I can't see them doing that well against New Zealand. No, I think though, I, I feel like it's one of those games that, um, it, you know, they'll probably be reasonably happy to concede fewer points than Wales. Yeah. Uh, if they can keep it to 40 points, you'd you think that would be a bit of a result, but below 40 points. But I'm doing, I'm not trying to do Scotland disservice, but equally, New Zealand were excellent last weekend but they have been inconsistent so they could yeah, they have. not quite turn up with the same ferocity and it could actually be reasonably close and it might not be the quality we saw in the second half at the weekend we might not see that again or we might or we might see it doubled I mean that feels unlikely but it, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if New Zealand make a few changes as well because you know it's a, it's a long autumn at the end of your season isn't it mm. Yeah, it is. I t- one thing that stands out for me at the weekend flats was 
Geordie Barrett's try towards the end. If you get a chance, just have a look at it, and you at home as well. Just yeah. have a look at the communication from at Bowden Barrett to Geordie Barrett. It's brilliant. They're five metres out from Wales's line, middle of the posts, and they've sort of gone the same way two or three times, forwards carry it, and they're just hovering. Bowden Barrett is just hovering behind the ruck. He's pointing to his brother, stay left, stay left. They keep carrying. Wales are folding around the far side, and then when he wants it, he calls for it. He shoots around the blind side. His brother's there. Um, Caleb Clark is on the left as well. Barrett comes round. He's got a forward in front of him. Thomas Williams is there. Thomas Williams doesn't think a forward's going to get to Barrett. Thomas Williams steps in and he puts his brother through a hole. It's just, it makes rugby look so simple. Yeah. But just the timing, the communication was yeah. everything. It's it's why they're so good. It's yeah. it's a beautiful piece of, of rugby, really, from New Zealand. I thought yeah. just simplicity. Just do the simple things well. There we are. Yeah. That was it. Easier said, easier said than done. But make them. Yeah, they do make it look easy. Yeah, do, the best I do teams, love watching them. Then the best players do that. Cody Taylor mind at the weekend. Oh, fantastic! Man. I know. I know. I I'm know. a big fan of the sheriff, mate. You know that. But Cody Taylor was levels at the weekend. Wowzer! I need to get a drink now because this has been. We've talked a lot. Can we not do as many games next week? Should we just pick? Oi! I think I. You know I talk a lot. Mm. I think you might talk more than me on this pod. I ask more I questions. I, I hope. I ask I hope more you questions. Talk more than me. You know nothing about me. I know everything about you because I ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know any. I don't want to know much more about you than I already know. Oh, I have to tell it's you, it's all darkness from here now. I have to tell you this. I went up to Birmingham on Friday. Alistair Blacklaws uh, played golf with him. And we had a nice little lunch in all bar one. Um, oh, well done, mate. He's got he's got so oh, your burger you. burger. No, I didn't actually. Uh, we're going to go up there in February. It's the same guys. Oh, uh, right, okay, yeah, yeah. Lunch was called off, but they've got a song for you. They're going to have a painting for you. Um, oh, some complete no. random stuff that happens. Um, they have big posters of some of their mates. It was Spanker's Spanker Day, which was one of their mates, and he's come over from Frankfurt yeah. and. Spanker could do whatever he wants. I play golf with Spanker. I mean, Spanker won, but it's it's a bit weird. But I absolutely love it, and they're great blokes, all of them. When so. I when we go up there for this lunch, am I going to they get introduce me? And it's going to be that video of the pot belly pig. Do 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 do. No, that you did for me no, once. Alistair no. will he'll compose a song for you and write the lyrics and oh sing the lyrics, God. and you have your own song. Okay. So yeah, right. Hey, by the way, you know retweeting praise is the worst thing in the whole world. Oh, I haven't done it ever. Um, no. A few. Um, Good, because I didn't get any. But also, retweeting too much abuse is a little bit sympathy-seeking as well. So there's, mm. there's a balance. Um, but I did, just so you know, I thought I went into the green room hospitality after the game for a, a couple of jars yesterday. Mm. Just, a little, just a little bit, warm down a bit. And um, I went in there and I wasn't in there for that long because, you know, that's the way it goes. And um, seven people independently walked up and said they like the podcast. Oh, nice! I had someone. Someone said that to that's me. That's quite. A, that's quite a lot in half an hour. Yeah, someone said that to me in Cardiff rugby the other day when I was covering Cardiff versus. Oh, my mind's gone blank. Stormers, I think it was one of the security guards. What I'd say is, 
You know your small time when you can remember individually the people that walked up and said they liked it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Oh, but yeah. I have to tell you this. Uh, Andrew Cotter came into the locker room after the game. It's the first time he's been in there. I can't imagine him in there. Because people, they have to walk through the TV compound, which is where my marquee is. And so our, our yeah. marquee is. Yeah, that's and right. I said, just come in, watch the uh, Ireland South Africa game. Chill out. And he came in and I delivered him a nice bap. We had uh, pork, um, pulled pork, pretzel, bap. And he loved it. Did he, did you deliver it? Or I always imagine him not wanting to even, like if a waiter or waitress came over and said, can I help you? I wish I just could imagine him wanting them to just go away. If he could write his order down on a piece of paper and not speak to them, I always imagine he'd be more comfortable with that. Yeah, he did. I can't imagine him in Pizza Express, put it that way. He texted me what he wanted and I delivered it. I knew it, see? He smashed it and smashed the roll and then drove home. Yeah. But he he was fab at the weekend, as he always is, as you can imagine. Yeah. It's like you, you, us lot, you know, we're there to do a different job, but you work alongside, like I've done some lead comms and I really enjoy it and hopefully do some more and all that, but you work alongside Cotter, Mullins, Alikin, those guys, Miles Harrison. It's like, mm. it's like you playing 13 and you can catch and pass. So if you needed to, you could stand in at 10. You could stand at 10 for 20 minutes if you needed to. Yeah. But then when you're playing with Stephen Jones and you're playing with these guys, it's like, yeah, there is a real difference here. Yep. There is a real difference in quality here. Yep. Like, yep. just, they're so good. Yeah, 100% agree. It's been so, a long one, mate. It's been a long one. So, well done, boy. hope you've enjoyed your walk, your dog walk, your car journey, your commute to work, Very your gym poo. session. And Very long poo. Oh, by the way, we're all supporting Mike Tinder in the jungle. I've never watched an episode, but I've probably got to watch it if Tins is in there, haven't I? I've never seen it, mate. I've never seen an episode of I'm a Celebrity. Just in case he mentions you. Yes. <laughs> he must do. He was at my house the day before he flew out. Yeah, no, he won't, mate. Oh, well, if those reports of the money they're getting, I'm not, you know, I'm not obsessed by money here, Tommy, but mm. if the reports of the money they're getting are true, I don't even know if I'm happy for him. I think I'm just pissed off and jealous. Yep. Yep. <sighs> nah, I always think, when I see those reports about money, I always think, divide it by two and then divide it by 10. Divide it by two, take off 50 grand. Yeah. And he's basically, he's not even wiping his own ass with his fee. That's and it's probably inclusive of that as well. So you've got to take off 20%. So, and oh, then, God, yeah, yeah corporation rights, tax. Corporation tax. Yeah. He's, mate, yeah. he's, it's hardly worth tonight, it. Tonight, he leaves with nothing. Correct. He's probably the wrong way round, all right, at the end. Yeah. I just probably owes to eat money. a penis, eat a penis and get sacked. <laughs> Do they get sacked, kicked out? They get kicked out. to eat a penis and then get kicked out. That would be the funniest. What result. animal's penis would it be? Human. Yeah. I would say you have to eat a blue whale's penis and then you're on That'd be massive, wouldn't it? Yep. But it, that takes some eating. But I, yep. he's got, they've got Labrador. I, I reckon Labrador penis. Not his hit, peanut. That, oh, no, no that, that'd hit home the most if he had to eat a Labrador penis. Okay. That'd, hit home, that'd hit home the hardest. All right. Let's see if we can. Uh, see if I'll we can write in. Happen. Yeah. Start well, I'll speak to the guys at the Women's World Cup final on Saturday morning. That's ITV. I'll speak to the guys there and see if we can have a Labrador penis sourced on Amazon. Can we end this bloody pod? Bye. Bye. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.